it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Come back with us now. I'm not leaving him out here. Stay away from me. I know they took your son. But you have no idea what these people are capable of. And they will not be found if they don't want to be. They took him right out of my hand. Right out of my hand. I'm not going back without him. You find Walt, my God. Welcome everyone into yet another episode of We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I am Kristen Howell. Uh, this week we are covering season two, episode five, dot, 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 and found. I love the title. <laughs> yeah. I, it, I'm surprised it took them until two, season two to use that title, to be completely honest with you. Well, they needed the right plot or the right episode. I'm not sure this was the right episode. No, that's what I mean. They needed like, the right episode. I, I don't know <laughs> if this was the right episode to use that anyway. So I, I think you know the maybe a couple episodes from now when Michael ends up finding Walt or finding the go. others, maybe mm-hmm. you could have used it. This episode should be called dot 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 and found, aka filler episode <laughs> yes because that's <laughs> that's certainly what it is uh unlike every um, you know or like every other episode we're gonna do this we're gonna try to do this uh we usually bring in our top five points but um i i'm struggling I'm, we might not have five no i don't think we're gonna have five for this one so we'll, we'll bring up as many as we can as, as many as we can discover and discuss them uh in more length as we go through uh this is a spoiler full podcast so just be aware of that as we do talk about obviously the episode and a lot of times we go forward in the seasons and the series to talk about that more uh but other than that oh you know what i did want to start with something this week we ordinarily because this is a Lost podcast and Lost has been off the air for a number of years now, there's not really any news that pops up about Lost. However, there is an article this week of something that did pop up. That's true. I saw it. You did see it. Okay. I didn't know if you did see it or not. I Um, did. So uh, for anybody that doesn't know, the TCAs were uh, this past uh, Tuesday. Uh, Anybody who doesn't know what the TCAs are, they're the Television Critics Association. They, it's a, 
point in time where they get together. Uh, all the studios get together, ABC, CBS. They announce renewals of television shows, talk about new premises of TV shows coming up. And the idea of a lost reboot did come up during this year's TCAs. And the uh, they did say, while it is not actively in development, ABC is not against the idea of a potential lost reboot sometime in the future. Which I think is... It's great that that's something that they're open to, but I am more interested in original material. Um, the reason why Lost worked was because it was original. Um, you know, it, I, I think it's okay to maybe create a new show that could be inspired from Lost, but I don't think we need a reboot. Do you? I think I think a reboot is is not necessarily the best idea because uh, when I when I hear reboot. I think it's the same premise just with different people. You know, it's Maybe. the same it's the same story just with different people. I mm -hmm. I would like to see a continuation of maybe because we do know that, you know, by the end of this, uh Hurley is on the island with Ben. Maybe we could see a potential spin-off that could come from it, but I don't think a reboot is necessarily the best idea. I could see a show dedicated around vincent and call it the vincent chronicles <laughs> well you know it's funny because i did read something that i actually did not know i i was looking at um in like an article of actors where are they now from from lost and one of the things that popped up was where um Walt, uh, Malcolm David Kelly is at this point, and he's still very active in the acting community. He's, and I think he, he's part of a musical act now too. Apparently, uh, when they wrote him off the show because of him growing too fast for his character, apparently there was something filmed that they never used that involved Walt actually returning to the island when Hurley and Ben were there and Hurley had taken over, but they never used it. So I would almost be curious to see that story play out because we've never seen it. See, so a reboot could just be a fancy word for a continuation or something like that. Yeah, in this case, I, I could see that. But that's not what when I hear the word reboot, that's not what I think of. I don't think of continuation. You think of like what Star Trek did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they just rebooted for the, the movies, the Chris Pine movies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what I think of when, when it comes to a reboot. I think of this yeah. is the same story, just with different actors, and you know, maybe a little bit different of the actual material, but for the most part, it's the same story. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I would more like to see it as a as um, a revival rather than a reboot. Well, so. all right. But that's just my opinion. But I saw that story pop up and I figured we'd bring it up because we don't really get to talk about news about Lost also cool. that, that often. Yeah, my uh, our friend Mods, he um, he tagged me in that article earlier today, actually. Oh, OK, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it yesterday and I, I bookmarked it. I'm like, yeah, that's I'm going to bring that up and see cool. uh, and, and see what happens. But Very I think cool. yeah, I think uh, Carlton Cruz and uh, 
Damon Lindelof have have both expressed interest in in bringing this the series back in one way, shape, or form. So, with ABC looking forward to it, uh, with uh, behind the possible idea too. Who knows? Maybe sometime in the next couple of years, we could see it happen. <clears throat> well, all right. But let's talk about this week's episode. Uh, dot dot dot. And found. Uh, AKA filler episode. Yes, filler episode for sure. Uh, yeah, not. I'm telling you right now, I don't have five. Well, I, while we were talking before we started recording, I did uh, get a few extras, but they're very small. Very small. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, I'll let you kick it off then, as we usually do. Um, I'm not going to say what's your number five. I'm just going to say yeah. what's one of your points for this episode. So, first of all, just the episode um, overall, you know, I, I've said on the podcast several times, Jen and Son are my favorite uh, couple. They're my favorite arc. Jin is my absolute favorite character and uh, one of the best character arcs I've, I think I've ever seen on television. So I always really enjoy seeing flashbacks that have to do with those characters. I'm not sure that it really um, fit with any sort of a theme. This this um, episode, probably the only theme that I could think of is that you know Jin is trying to find the ring. Uh, er, Sun is trying to find her ring. Jin's trying to find Michael. Michael's trying to find Walt. Uh, the Tailies are trying to find the beach. And in the end, Jin and Sun find each other. Um, and I, I really, really enjoyed the elements of orange that were splashed through the flashbacks, uh, especially since the fortune, his friend who read his fortune at the very beginning was like, orange, you'll, you'll know love by the color orange. Yeah. And then, you know, you pay attention to orange after that. And I found a lot of orange, which I thought was really cool. But, um, you know, just the episode as a whole, I guess is probably my, my first point is just that while it was a really good episode, um, I don't think it moved the plot. I don't think that it really, um, told us anything, but it was very sweet to get extra information on Jen and Sun. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and that's, it, it's not something I had off as one of my notes, but I will, since I didn't have enough anyway. Um, this is a Jin and Sun origin story in its truest form. I mean, we're, yes. we're seeing these two characters before they've ever met, uh, leading up to the point when they finally do meet in person. And, one of the things that I did have marked off as, as one of my top points, and I'll, I'll lead it into this, is I actually found this to be kind of, and I agree with you completely, Jin and Sun, not just across this series, but across, God, almost any other series that you put in front of me, uh, they are one of the most interesting, beautiful, and tragic love stories that you've ever seen in television. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that brings tears to my eyes the way you just said that. It, but at the same time, like this story, while it does, as you're right, it, it doesn't progress the plot forward anymore. I think the only thing we really got out of this episode is we get more of an introduction with Echo of Mr. Echo as we finally get his name. And we get introduced to Goodwin, who plays an important part a couple episodes down the road. Um, but what I really did enjoy about the backstory of this is that this is it's so beautifully told about these characters and to the point where in both the flashbacks and 
the the present day that you know the present timeline it's it's so relatable in comparison that at both times they are so close yet so far away from each other they've they they run into each other they cross their lives cross paths so many times in the flashback before they finally meet and yet that at the same time you know they're so close to one another on the they're literally on the same island but have no idea um you know they're they're in each other's lives again but don't know it and that's kind of the same thing it kind of resembles how they were in the flashback they were crossing paths with one another now they're not crossing paths on the island obviously they're on opposite ends of it but they're still so close yet so far away from each other is that they just don't know it right if that makes sense if, if absolutely makes sense. it makes sense um and you know maybe that that's an indication that they will always be kind of crossed uh cross lovers as a result which we know is kind of a theme overall for their arc in the series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was, I, again, it's, it's, it is a filler episode for me, but that was one of the things I actually did really enjoy was making that comparison between with these two characters between their past. And yeah. Their yeah. I, I agree. I, um, you know, and that and that's wonderful. I actually that kind of goes right into my next point, which was uh, just kind of the Gateway Hotel <laughs> and how the father and the son that own the hotel, uh, Jin and son both walked away from each of them. And in doing that, this hotel and these hotel owners kind of brought Jin and son together as a result the day that they both walked out of that hotel with, you know, their head held high with you know, their self-respect intact. I thought that they kind of showed in that moment that they were both at kind of a crossroads in their life of making a decision of, do I want to compromise myself or do I want to walk away and keep my dignity intact? And they both chose to keep their dignity. And in doing that, they got to find each other later that day. And I thought that there was something really beautiful about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it it just goes into the point that we've, you and I have both made a number of times. I, I just made it earlier and as did you that just, again, this is one of the most beautiful yet tragic char- couples in television. You know, they're two characters that are destined to live their lives with one another any way you look at it, but you just don't realize how short that time is when it comes to right. these two. Right. I thought it was really funny when Jin saw the woman, the really beautiful woman with the like bright orange dress and he just turns to look at her like, oh, is that the love? And then he runs right into the uh, sun afterwards. I thought that was but, beautiful. And you know what, though? I, I, in, in all honesty, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, of course. Because you have course. that Im- you have that implied thought of that orange color and you see this beautiful girl wearing an orange dress. Like why like would you real bright orange? Yeah, like it stands out. Why would you not turn and look? Because mm-hmm. that's going to click that idea is going to click in your mind. Mhm. Yeah. And did you notice that um Jin's flower on his lapel was, was orange. orange? I did. Um, and then there was something else that was orange. Oh, um, I think it was Sun's scarf when she first walked in was like a rust color, which is like in the orange family. Okay. Uh, and the pin that she put in her hair getting ready for the date, that was also orange. Oh, so you picked up on a lot more orange than I did. I, the flower mm-hmm. was really the only thing I picked up on. Yeah, I thought that orange was kind of splashed in there very nicely and subtly. Subtly? Yeah, subtly. <laughs> uh <laughs> I 
I'm really tired. I'm so sorry. I'm, I've got two sick kids and a semi-sick <laughs> husband right now, so I'm kind of running on caffeine and adrenaline. That's all right. You don't have to apologize. <laughs> uh, if I sound subdued to the listeners, I apologize. Well, I mean, and again, too, there's really not a lot to talk about right. with, with this episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things uh, that I, I kind of – it kind of threw me a little bit about this episode is ordinarily anytime there's a flashback about a particular character, uh, they're pretty much the focus of the episode, uh, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, and I didn't get that feeling for this one. I mean, yes, Jin finding or son losing the, the wedding ring was a big focus, but to me, the focus was more on Michael than anybody else running off, trying to find Walt and Jin chasing after him. Um, so I, for me, I, I felt like throwing the Jin and Sun story into this episode felt a little awkward to me. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I, I liked getting that, but it just didn't feel like it fit with this particular story of what they were telling in the present day. Oh, I agree. I, I was trying to find a way that they connected. And I think the only way that I could find that they did connect was that Sun was trying to find her wedding ring. Jen is trying to find Michael. Michael's trying to find Walt. And in the end, Jen and son find each other. That's the only connection I could really find. Ah, but I did get another orange while you were talking. Okay. Sun. Oh, the, the color orange. Oh, can be orange. That's a really good one, actually. Hey. That's a really good one. I never put that <laughs> one together. <laughs> hey. Hey. <laughs> That's a really good one. Thanks. Well done. I I didn't even really put that one together. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I feel really excited all of a sudden. You got your boost of energy back. No, I didn't, oh. but that's good. I'll just, just jam the pen in my thigh and I'll just wake right back up. <laughs> What's your next point? That was my next point, was the whole cool. awkwardness of the not knowing where that backstory not feeling the proper meld between the backstory and the actual story being told. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty, um, kind of cumbersome episode, you know, lots of, lots of parts that they wanted to try and put together to make a picture, but they just, it was like they had two different puzzles and they're like, well, that kind of makes a picture. So let's run with it. (laughs) Yeah. These pics, these pieces kind of fit. Uh, like the shapes fit, but the picture looks a little wonky. That's that's an even better analogy. Yeah, the pieces fit together, but the picture is kind of off. Yeah. So yeah, that that's that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. So, thanks. Um, what's what's your next point? Uh, so my next point is Anna Lucia sucks. Yeah. God. Yes. I'm so glad that we agree on that. Yeah. You know. It, so. You know, I'm always looking at ways that I can call out Jack for the travesty that he is. Uh, but there, there is a runner-up to Jack, and that's Anna Lucia. And, um, you know, you kind of see – you only see Jack once, I think, in this episode. And I think it, it was just like maybe a con, contractual, contractual obligation to put him in the episode maybe. But the story he gives Sun, first of all, is terrible. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I I went to the jeweler and I got a replica made. And, and I could just you could just see on son's face going, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're an asshole. <laughs> and he just like walks away. 
<laughs> just like, it's that bedside manner again, Dr. Shepard. Great job, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Son's thinking to herself, you're the worst. You're the worst. Yeah. You're the worst. <laughs> um, and then you go back to Anna Lucia and she looks equally, if not worse than than Jack as Jack. And, you know, I mean, Sawyer's got a gunshot wound to the to the shoulder, to the shoulder. He is not doing well. He clearly has an infection. He's sitting down and she's just like, we're going to leave you. And he's like, then leave me. Stop threatening to do it. You know, Echo, uh, they, they lose somebody in the forest and Echo's like, I'm going to go after. And she's like, well, we can't wait for you. And it's like, you are such a bitch. Like, do you have loyalty to anybody? anybody at all Other than I understand herself. I understand that they went through something you know that we're going to find out about in a few weeks you know with the other 48 days 44 days 48 days but oh my gosh like there's five of you left and clearly clearly your leadership sucks so maybe you start going with a little softer of a touch yeah that's a yeah god you're like full of them today too like the uh, like the the points i mean good points um <laughs> in that like it, like you mentioned you're like full it, of it today no i'm full of them i, said. I know i know uh, sorry i was just having fun <laughs> with your words but but you're right like uh, there were 23 of you there's only how many of you left maybe your leadership isn't exactly the best I mean, Jack sucks, but he still has most of his people. <laughs> he's keeping just about everybody alive. Well, because he's allowed for more leaders to pop up. You know, we've seen what what was really nice was seeing Mr. Echo um, without Anna Lucia. And you see that he probably is a much better leader, but he has deferred to the bulldog of the group, uh, probably for some sort of uh, synchrony. But, I mean, he's able to communicate well with Jen. He's able to softly bring Michael back into the group and and back into the fold. Um, he's able to talk to Anna Lucia and tell her to fuck off with his eyes, which I think is great. <laughs> you know, so there, there's a lot of good to Mr. Echo. And it was nice. It was nice to get to know him a little bit outside of this horrible leader that they have. It, and Libby is real weak. She's like, oh, I was I've never been so scared in my whole life. Really? Really? There's 23 of you to begin with. There's five of you and Sawyer. Sawyer's the tipping point. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. I, I, no. And I agree with everything. I agree. Absolutely. With everything that you're saying. Um and it's just, I, I really don't know what else I can put on that. It's just, I, I got the same feeling from Anna Lucia from watching this episode too, is that, and even at that point where she hands Sawyer the water and I'm like, oh, maybe she does have a nice side. We're going to leave you here. Never mind. You're, <laughs> I like you're it when still he a said, bitch. <laughs> I like it when he goes, how do you think you're, you lost your tracker? Like if you leave me behind, how are you going to get to my friends? Yeah, exactly. exactly. What's your plan? Yeah. I'm going to walk across the beach. Oh, that's a great plan. Great plan. Anna Lucia, I can see why all 23 of you are still there. Oh, no, there's just five. <laughs> oh, too soon? And <laughs> 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 Yeah, it, she's just a horrible person, and I'm kind of thankful at this point. She doesn't last too much longer. Spoiler. Well, 
thankfully she does have a little bit of an arc, which is nice. I mean, we do soften to her later, but she's got a rough beginning. She's got like a grace from manifest beginning. She's and it's it's going to get worse for Anna Lucia. There's something that she does that really is not good. Yeah, well, I'm surprised that she lasted as long as she did after that. To tell you the truth, <laughs> that's yeah, that's 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 very true. I'm actually surprised when she, when her story wraps. Uh, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner by somebody else. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I agree. Um, tell me your next point. My next. Give me a point. My next point is, and I'll be honest, I have two left, and that's good. Um, that's okay. That's really it. Um. My next point is literally there. there's one moment that I really enjoyed in this episode, but at the same time left me a little befuddled, not because the moment was confusing, but because the thought process behind this character was confusing. Uh, throughout the course of this episode, we obviously we see Jin and Echo chasing after Michael because Michael heard that the others came out, he decides to go after them because he wants to find Walt. We've talked about this for the past couple weeks. That's his main priority. That's where he wants to go. At the moment, towards the end of the episode, when Michael reveals himself to Jin, Jin and Echo follow after him. Michael goes on the whole, you know, rant about finding, you know, needing to find Walt. And we get that really touching moment with Jin putting his hand on Michael's shoulder. And it really is the first time we've ever heard Jin speak a full sentence of English. We've, we've ben, heard- Ben, that is word for word my number one. <laughs> Jin's first sentence in English. That is crazy. Yeah. That is awesome. Okay, keep going. It's, I'm excited. You keep going. Because we, we've heard him speak <laughs> broken English up until this point, like a word here, word there. This is the first time we've ever heard him speak a full sentence in English. Mm -hmm. And it really is a very comforting sentence to Michael. And he puts his hand on his shoulder and he says, you find Walt, Michael. And while it's not a full on eight word sentence, it's a full sentence. And somehow it's able to it, it, it's something that clicks in Michael's mind that even though Jin just told him, go find Walt, you you know, you need to find Walt. He decides that I'm going to go back. And when I guess when the time is right to find Walt, I will. So, I mean, it's it again, it's a very touching sentiment sentiment to see that happen, to hear Jin speak English to Michael, to comfort Michael. But I'm curious as to what Michael's thought process was that, you know, this guy just gave me permission to continue my journey, but I'm going to go back instead. So I think, I think that that is linked to the beginning of the episode because Michael or yeah, Michael went up to Jin and touched him on the shoulder and said, you're going, you, you're going to find son. And he reassured him. Um, he said, you know, son, you, you will see son again soon. So, and, and I think that that kind of connects Jin bringing Michael back to earth a little bit. Cause Michael had gone off the rails a lot, you know? And I mean, this is probably the only part of the entire episode that I was actually really emotionally invested just because as, as Michael is screaming 
next to that waterfall. Come take me. Come get me. I don't care if they hear me. He, they took him out of my hands. You know, ah, man, um, this is played just with perfection yeah. by and by Harold Perennial. He, I, I don't know if he was a father at the time. I don't know if if he just tapped into some, you know, inner actor resource of his or something. But I really felt very deeply that he was, um, that he was Walt's father in this moment, that he just wanted his son back. And it was just, it was like emotionally, um, just emotional. I I was right there with him basically. Uh, you know, he, he had that lost voice like he did, uh, on the raft when he was screaming for Walt so much that he lost his voice and he couldn't, he couldn't scream anymore. And, and it's Jen that brings him back much like Sawyer does the same thing for Michael when they're on the raft, you know, he just tell, I think it's when they were just floating there and Michael's crying and crying and crying and, and Sawyer just, you know, he softens. So, you know, there's something about a broken Michael cause Michael is so brav- He's got so much bravado and, and he's got a lot of bark to his character. He's, he's just a, really, he's like a bull in a China shop, you know? I mean, he just kind of crashes through everybody's stuff and he doesn't really care if, you know, your, if your stuff is broken or something, cause he's just got this huge chip on his shoulder, but a broken Michael is really off putting. And I think it makes people around him kind of soften. And Jim was able to use that softness and bring him back into the fold. What do you think? No, because I, I just went around in circles. No, I, but I, it, but what you're saying does make a lot of sense. I, I completely agree with you in that this is uh, there's been a number of moments where I've really felt for Michael. I can't say as a father, because I'm not a father. I've I've helped to raise people uh, to a certain degree and have almost become stepfather at certain points. That's the closest I've ever become. But, you know, I can put myself in that mindset a little bit, having been in those situations. And you're right. This is the first time more than any other time. I, I don't want to say it's the first time because I felt him be a, be a father before. But more than any other time, this is the most I've ever seen him become a father and you really do feel for him and gets completely in that mindset that you're going to do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. But, but I like the idea of what you mentioned too, of how it goes back to the beginning of the episode uh, with him putting his hand on Jin's, you know, shoulder and saying, you know, you'll, you'll find son, we'll find our way back. And you're right. I think that's one of those things that maybe maybe that's what it was and that that kind of clicked in his head and he remembered that moment of him kind of putting Jin at ease and that's what put him at ease the same way. Oh, that's really observant. So Jin basically used Michael's tactics on him yeah. when he needed it. I like that. I really like that. That's that's really cool. Yeah, that's 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 I I didn't see that until you until you brought that up. I didn't. Oh, ben, I was, we're such a good team. <laughs> I wasn't able to tie that together, <laughs> but that's yeah, that's um, that that's pretty much my I, I'm, yeah. I've kind of come around on that, and I think that's a good uh, I think that's a good observation. Is that Jin kind of used Michael's own comfort to to comfort him. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jin's the best. He is. I'm. I'm going to be so heartbroken when we have to start talking about like 
thankfully that's a long time yeah, away. Thankfully that's it's it's not until the last season. So time away. Yeah. But still. There's a lot of gin and sun goodness coming up, man. There is. And there's a so lot of other there's a lot of other heartbreak that happens before that one. Yeah, not Penny's <laughs> boat. Oh, don't do that. That is that is I think in all honesty, next to Gin and Sun, I, I think that whole that episode, that not Penny's boat moment, I think is probably the most heartbreaking moment of this entire series to me. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of people that would agree with you on that. I'm sure that there's a lot of people nodding right now. Yeah, it's just, God, that's going to break my heart when we talk about that episode. I agree. When I agree with podcasts, I always nod along like I'm listening to them and I'm like <laughs> fully face to face in the conversation. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you mentioned that that was your number one. Did you have any other points besides that? Um, I just thought that the scene between Hurley and Son was really cute. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I have a note <laughs> about that too. <laughs> well, I just love it that they're just sitting there waiting for Vincent to poop. Ah, another episode of the Vincent Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only have one more point and it kind of ties into that, but I want to let Good. you finish if you had no, anything else. I, the only that. thing I wanted to say was I just loved... I love that Hurley can take a terrible situation um, that nobody was making Sun feel any better about just by, you know, trying to comfort her. And it's just like just trying to watch the dog poop and Hurley just trying <laughs> to find out, are you in the good career or the bad career? Did you did you have a dog? Like he's trying desperately to just keep her talking. And he's just so kind and wonderful. And I don't I don't th- see how anybody could ever hate Hurley. And what I love about that interaction, too, and I'll use this to kind of lead into my final point, um, is uh, like I equated Hurley to a particular character and you'll get this when I'm talking about it. But when he's talking to son about how his dog went into the drawer for the Smarties and ate a handful of change and he pooped out a dollar thirty five. He crapped out. He crapped out. Buck buck thirty (laughs) five. There's this look on Hurley's face like (laughs) waiting for son to laugh. Like it's funny, isn't it? And the only thing I can think in the back of my head is waka waka waka. Like Hurley (laughs) is it's literally the fozzy bear of the (laughs) island (laughs) like you know like you're gonna laugh right that's funny you're gonna laugh right like that he is literally the he is literally the fozzy bear of this group if you know if there is any time that sun was going to laugh it was that that time so you know that should that should pretty much sell it for you yeah but it, but it leads me into my final point of Ooh. what I, I feel like the majority of this episode, and I really did enjoy this part of this episode, this episode, while it's kind of a, a bunch of broken up stories or, or two or three stories broken up trying to piece it together, as we mentioned earlier, this episode really is full of a lot of great interactions between characters. Mm-hmm. The, the lock and sun scene is really oh great my God. too. When, when lock walks up and just says bad day like i i, I chuckled at mm-hmm. that like you see her tearing her her plants out and out of the group uh, out of the ground looking for it and he just walks up bad day like i and he made her laugh he made her laugh because he, she goes oh, did you see and he goes what you tear up your garden no i didn't see that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, like it's uh, and he always knows, like, 
what to say about particular characters uh, or to say to particular people almost like it, he's a natural at comforting people you know we've seen him interact him interact with charlie when charlie was going through withdrawal uh you know he's he's kind of talked to kate in certain situations he's just a natural at speaking to people he oh this well one of the loveliest scenes of the entire season one is when him and claire made the baby bassinet yeah, together exactly um but two of the other interactions that i really loved from this episode actually both involved Jin. um the the first one naturally is, uh, the, the first one is um when Jin, Anna Lucia, and Bernard are fishing. And oh, he's pulling yes. the he's he's pulling the quills out of a sea urchin. And you know, Anna Lucia is like giving him this attitude, like, no, this is do you want to catch fish? And Bernard's just kind of in the background. Such a bitch. And She's Jin such a bitch. And she just starts speaking Korean to her. You have no idea what he's saying. And like, but you can kind of put it together. Like he's probably saying like, you guys have no idea what you're doing. Like you guys are amateurs. Like just watch. I'll show you what to do. And in a matter of minutes pulls in a net full of, of red snapper fish. Like that's, and the look on Annalise's face of like, oh shit. All right. He knows what he's doing. I like it when Sawyer's like, man knows how to fish. I'd take him with you if I were you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But the other interaction I have written down that I absolutely loved is really the first major interaction between Jin and Echo. I mean, we see Jin's going to head off after Michael. Echo gets in his way. This guy is bigger than Jin, but Jin is full on like he like he punches Echo only for Echo to push him, punch him back. And that almost is kind of like when you see two bullies in high school kind of, or like when you see somebody in high school stand up to the bully and the bully kind of then has respect for that person. I'm not saying Echo is a bully at all because he's not. But it was kind of like that moment showed Echo, Jin is determined. So rather than go against him, I'm going to go with him. Interesting, because I didn't think that Echo was trying to get Jin to stay. I think that Echo wanted to go with Jin, and he was trying to tell him that he was going to go with him, but didn't. But Jin just punched him instead. So you think it was more Jin acting impulsive? I think that Jin than... probably thought, you know, he doesn't understand the language. He knows that he's been thrown in a pit, thrown in a Dharma station, and now he's being led off to who knows where, and his friend is gone. Um you know, he probably feels like he's in a bad situation and the one person that he trusts at the moment went off um, and he knows where his friend went or he knows the intentions of his friend, let's say, instead. And so I think that he's like, no, I have a mission here and it's not to be with you guys. And Echo kind of recognized that, I guess. I Yeah, I don't know. I'm, you could be right. I think it's just a matter of interpretation. I think it's whatever way you decide to look at it. Mm -hmm. it, it could, yeah. it could take well, it maybe, way. and maybe, and maybe I take it a different way because I look at the full picture of Echo when you're looking at like the episode picture of Echo. Maybe, maybe. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because at this point, if you've never seen the show before, you think Echo might be a bully, and it's not until they're in the jungle, just the two of them together, that you realize that he's actually really like a stand-up guy. Um, 
you know, when I saw Mr. Echo for the first time a couple episodes ago, you know, I was like, yay, it's Mr. Echo. That's not the feeling you get as a first time viewer. Oh, no. You see no. Mr. Echo. He's the scariest looking dude on the island. Yeah. I mean, he's meant he's meant he's to made himself to look scary. And he's <laughs> and he's also written to lead you to believe when you first meet him, he is another. It's not until right, later. Right. Absolutely. That you find out. But I mean, again, that also brings up this is the first time in this episode. I can't believe I almost didn't mention this. Um, this is the first time we're getting any kind of a well, no, that's I was going to say this is the first time we're getting a glimpse of any kind of a glimpse of the others. But we've already met Mr. Friendly. So that's not exactly true. Well, and Ethan from and Ethan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this isn't the first time we're seeing the others. It's just another opportunity that we're seeing them. Yeah, but the others look kind of different here. I mean, they're dirty. They look like they're actually like jungle dwellers. Well, so and was Mr. Friendly. And there's a kid with them. Because we see the Mr. Friendly bear. looked like a fisherman. True. But he wasn't the most kept up person either. No, he looked like, what was that crabbing show that on the Discovery Channel? He looked like one of those guys. Oh, Deadliest Catch? Yeah. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's bearded up and, and everything, which we find out later is not real. Um, right. But yeah, you're right. Like we're seeing these guys are in bare feet and like tattered pants and and things like that. And you're right. We find out this is the first time, however, that we're seeing that there is a, chil a child with them. Yeah. Well, and I think we find out later that they that the part of the 23 of the tailies were children. Yeah. Well, right? yeah, because we find out that the, some of them, act, act, I think some of the them children actually, were taken first. Have Yeah. Yeah. And they've actually, I think some of the tailies actually joined the others. That Be, is crazy. Because we do end up seeing the stewardess again, the flight attendant again. That's right. You're very right. And I think she is, she's, I, she's either an other, and this no, is. No, she's with the tailies right now. Is she? Yeah. Oh, it's not until later she disappears. That's right. It's when they're making the trek back to the 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 losties that she disappears. Which is right now. But a little, I think it's in the next, uh, either the next episode or the other forty-eight days. I can't remember. I think it's probably in the other forty-eight days, only because, um, I've watched ahead a few. Okay. So they're a little fresher in my mind, and I don't think that she's run off yet. Okay, but it's it's interesting because I can't remember uh, with with her if she either becomes an other, and this is really going to throw people off if this is your if this is your first time watching through the series. I'm sorry because we've never mentioned this yet before. Um, she's either an other or she joins the temple. I think <laughs> she's in the temple. <laughs> okay. Let, let's stop jumping forward. <laughs> yeah, because that's going to stop you while while you're ahead. Buddy. That's really Far good. Ahead. That's really going to throw some people off. <laughs> yeah. So let's quit while we're ahead. All right. Do you have any other notes about the episode? No, that's pretty much everything I had from this episode. Right, what about you? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I wish I had more. I just don't. I think that this was a really straightforward episode that was a little clumsily put together, but I very much appreciate and love any Jin and Son flashback, flash forward, flash sideways, flash present. I love Jin and Son, so I'm fine with whatever they want to throw at me. It's uh, yeah, it's again. I mean, you and I both 
thoroughly love this series. It's one of the reasons mm-hmm. why we're podcasting on it. But you know what? We'll be straightforward when there's episodes that aren't exactly the best and are kind of lacking in story, at, such as this one. We'll tell you. I mean, and this is one of those episodes that just we felt that way about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We're not going to like sugarcoat episodes just to make it feel like we loved every one of them. I, I've made it known from the start. The uh, the expose episode is one of my least favorite episodes of this series. We're going to find some good stuff there. Oh, God. And you know what really ticks me off, too, is I saw. Uh, I know what you're about to say. <laughs> EW put out an article of like the top 12 most essential episodes of Lost that you should watch and expose was in that list I'm like no uh uh-uh, I don't like this list so we should we should watch it with that in mind and find out why on earth that's there how's that maybe that'll be our goal all right all right we'll see um shall we talk about manifest for a couple minutes yeah let's do that so there's only this is one of three episodes left remaining in the series this was uh episode 14 uh, of 16 episode uh, titled Upgrade. And this was a big... Um, ben and Michaela, they seem to be pretty much the most prevalent characters of this. I, I think it's pretty safe to say at this point they are the leads of this series. Uh, ah. But, I mean, this was a big Sanvi episode as well. So Finally, Sanvi got some screen time. Yeah, I'm happy too because Parveen, when I when I interviewed her, she's such a sweetheart. So I'm glad that she's getting more screen time. And I'm waiting because, as I said, the TCAs were this weekend. A lot of shows that I like, like New Amsterdam and such, got renewals for a second season, but we haven't heard anything yet on Manifest. So I'm I'm hoping I'm still. I bet you it's a bubble show. Probably they're gonna see if they have enough money for it. Yeah, which. A lot of times that's not always the best situation, but uh, we'll see. Um, I reached out to NBC's rep to see if I could get somebody else from the show before the show wraps for the season, too. So we'll see who they get us. Hopefully it's not uh, Athena Karkarnas, which is Grace. Cause I don't oh, wanna, I don't that would wanna, be sad. I don't want to talk to her. Uh, oh, no, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm, do. I do. I, that's a lie. Just because I don't like a character doesn't mean the actor sucks. Because um, a lot of times I mean- I've talk to actors who play characters I don't like and they turn out to be awesome. This was a good Grace episode. You know, uh, again, there's a lot of stuff that happens with Parveen, and I mentioned this when we were prepping for the episode. I really don't have a lot to say about this episode with the exception of one point. Uh, And I'll just lead with that and then we'll just take it from there and then you can, I'll let you make any other points that you want to add to it because I don't know if you're going to feel the same way. How I've been feeling about Grace before I kind of started to feel for her a little bit, I totally felt for Lourdes this episode. I I really had a strong dislike for Lourdes this episode. Yeah, you know, and and it's not because it's not because her character sucks, because I feel for what her character is going through. Yeah. I do. But to put all the blame on Michaela was wrong. That's exactly it. There are anytime there's something like that where like somebody cheats on somebody or there's other kind of obviously differences in relationships. It's not one person. There are two people involved. For But not only that, they're in an impossible situation because what Michaela said was right. She goes, look, this isn't something that happened five and a half years ago for me. This is a month ago. He was on his knees and I was going to be his wife. 
And now he's married to my best friend. Like that, that kind of, that love doesn't go away. It, it absolutely doesn't go away. And Michaela was right. Where were you at the hangar? Why weren't you at the hangar? You yeah. know, why, you know, why did, why did you avoid me for as long as you did? And, and it, I, I don't know. I just, I don't like it when women blame other women for their problems. I just think that that's pitting, pitting women against each other. I think it's really cliche. And again, I, I don't think that they have the top notch writers on this show. Um, so they're kind of going with some cliche ideas and I think it's okay to not go with the predictable, you know, a uh, girl fight over a boy. Yeah. But no, I mean, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head too, as to why I had the biggest issue that I did with Lourdes this episode and that I don't think it was right that she put all the blame on Michaela because Jared is to blame for that situation too. But again, you're very correct in that this is an impossible situation. You you really can't foresee this situation ever happening to yourself. Mm -hmm. So if it does happen, what the hell do you do in this situation? Right. right. I mean, for, right. for Lourdes to not even put herself in Michaela's shoes. I mean, it's one thing to put herself in Jared's shoes and know that, yes, before I was with him, he was with Michaela. Uh, you know, they were in love. They were ready to be married and... But now, like, it, to put yourself in Michaela's shoes in that not just is, is she in the same situation that, you know, they were ready to be married. She was in love with him. But to her, this has literally just been a, a couple weeks. You know, I mean, it's hard to put yourself in that situation when it, it's an impossible situation to put yourself in. Like, it's, you know, because for Lourdes, it's been five and a half years. Mm -hmm. And for Michaela, it's been a number of weeks. I I can't even imagine putting myself in that situation, but at least try to understand it a little bit better than to just fully put the blame on her. It, you know, but that that was my biggest takeaway from this episode. And I, I kind of bothered me so much that it distracted me from anything else from this episode. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I have a couple things to say about the episode. Okay. Um First of all, I think that Adrian is a con artist and this Church of the Returned is disgusting. Um Adrian, I that that's his name, right? Adrian the um, the guy, the guy who started the church. Yes, Adrian. Yes. The quote unquote church. Um, you know, I thought it was I, I thought it was interesting that they had a cow drawing money and then a couple minutes later they have Adrian collecting money from the church. Um, cause it's kind of like you made it happen a little bit, yeah. but not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the aspect of mythology is really interesting that they're starting to dive into with, uh, the peacock last week and then the Gemini, um, astrology sign and the indication that it wasn't, uh, Michaela and Zeke that are intended for this calling that it actually might be, uh, Olive and Cal as twins. Maybe Olive was supposed to also be on the plane. Who knows? Maybe she'll play a bigger part if the if the show goes to season two. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm interested to know what the mythology of all of this means. I meant to go to Reddit to see if I can find anything that any discussions that were happening on that. But 
I just didn't have the time to do it in my prep, which is such a bummer because I was really interested in that. And I had to make a decision <laughs> of whether I was going to go down the Reddit hole or read time a, a Time Magazine article. <laughs> yeah, because once you go down those Reddit holes, you can fall pretty deep. Yeah, well, and I don't go to Reddit very often. So when I do go to Reddit, I, I feel like I just I'm like that dog saying squirrel all the time. Like, <laughs> I forget why I was there. <laughs> yes, I'm because like, you never end up where you started. No, like an hour later, I'm looking at a picture of a dog hugging his owner, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> Reddit is a, it's like the wild west of the internet. Um. And then the electric truck that was pulled out of the river. What is the significance of this truck? Have I completely forgotten something that no, was planted earlier? I don't I don't get it either. Um, I, I know we're going to find out more about it next week uh, because I was confused at, by the end of the episode as to when this guy like leaps out. Like you find out this guy's been underwater for like 80 hours and he should be long dead at that point. But he ends up leaping at her like and the the way the episode ends, I, I was thinking I'm like, OK, was that in Michaela's head? Did that really like is this guy really still alive? Did she imagine it? Was it part of a calling? Are we supposed to know who he is? No, like we don't know who he is at this point. And he is okay. very much alive. This was not in Michaela's head. It's in the the promo for next week. Well, he, and he's a wolf. Is he the, supposed to be the wolf? I, again, I, I don't know because I I couldn't figure out the significance of the wolf. I know um, uh, Zeke has the calling of the wolf that you know that attacks him. Uh, Cal or yeah, um, uh, Cal is able to draw it, and we his drawing of it is actually attacking Michaela and not Zeke, and then. This guy leaps out at her like the wolf does in the calling. So I, I, maybe he's going to have a wolf tattoo on him. I have no idea. I'm I'm really confused about this at this point. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I I still don't understand it. I, I and everybody looked real worried about about Cal's drawing. Um, I will say that I I really like Zeke like a lot. I, I think he's a great new character. I don't I don't think that there's anything that is sinister about him, which makes me really happy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see in the in the final few episodes here, kind of where his character goes and and what his character means for the rest of the story. Because I'm really he's the most interesting character to me right now. And and I think what's really great about his character and what really makes it intriguing is that he brings in this whole new element of whatever it is that's causing these these things, these callings and uh, whatever ties all these passengers of this flight together. He is an outside element of this because he's going through the same things, but he wasn't with them. So he does. He adds this whole new intriguing element to this story that I think draws people in and mm -hmm. makes him, especially now that you know that there's nothing nefarious about his character. Well, yes. Uh, um, uh, the only thing that I would say is a red flag is the fact that he doesn't want to reach out to his family. Now, I don't know if that means that maybe his mother is the major. I don't know. Right. Ooh, I mean, that would maybe be an interesting twist, something crazy. I don't know, but I mean, he he has no interest in reaching out to his family, and that would be probably the only red flag 
that there is about him other than the fact that, you know, he survived for a year and a half in a cave. That would be a very interesting twist to this story because we don't know the major's name. We just know her as the major. Yeah. So I, I, you know what? I'm I'm going to give you that one. I would not be surprised if that's something that comes up by the finale. If we find <laughs> out her real last name is Landon and they're related. If if that can happen, can I have like a cookie? I'll, I'll send you like a dozen. A dozen cookies. Yeah. Okay, you heard it here. Because <clears throat> you'll deserve them for making that <laughs> prediction. Seriously. Because that's something that never even crossed my mind is that he could be related to the major. Well, who knows, right? I mean, he has to fit in somewhere. I don't know how. He doesn't fit in with the constellation because it it doesn't really fit. But who knows? I mean, that's the best part about shows like this is that anything can happen and usually anything does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Uh, yeah. So two episodes left before we're wrapped for the season. It's still up in the air as to whether or not we're getting a second season. But <clears throat> you know what? I'm... I'm hoping for it because the show Mm -hmm. has kept me intrigued. Yeah. Especially if it ends in a cliffhanger. If it ends in a cliffhanger, they better give us a second season. Otherwise, I'm going to be really mad. Uh, It'll be like like my so-called life all over again. Oh, God. Or Jericho, which was another show I loved that they... Although Jericho, they brought back for six episodes to give the fans an ending because fans were royally pissed off that that show got canceled on a cliffhanger. Well, I heard that Heroes... Uh, got canceled on a cliffhanger too and heroes like because i watched it until i just couldn't watch it anymore it was just it was so good and it was so tragically bad yeah and then i heard it got i heard that the last season was really good but it ended on a cliffhanger and then it was canceled and i'm like well i'm not gonna put myself through that so i never finished the series yeah i i watched heroes and see, Heroes was like one of those shows that I absolutely loved the first season. But the was, first season was the best ten episodes of television. But I was complete, that I had seen up until then. But I was completely disappointed with the finale of the first season. Um, oh yeah, I would agree with that. And then the second season was good, and then the third season when they started bringing in like the circus and all that stuff, I'm like, no, this is not good. Like I don't want to watch this anymore. And yeah, I, I agree. And I mm-hmm. So, but you know, I liked Peter Petrelli. I thought that you know, when when what happened to him at the very end of the first season happened, I was like, well, that sucks. Like yeah. the show, like the show sucks now because that was like the best part of the show. I Peter see, Petrelli. I, well, I was a big fan of Hero, too. Oh yeah, he was cool. I, I liked I, his friend. I, yeah. Oh yeah. God, God, that's a show. Maybe I should go back and rewatch it at some point. It might be another one we could revisit down the road. There you go. <laughs> um, we do have some feedback this week, as cool. we usually do. Our buddy Steve has sent us feedback, as he as he does. But uh, before we get into that, we want to let you guys know how you guys can leave us feedback, which we encourage you to do. And there are many ways that you can do that. First off, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can always record yourself and send it to our email address. Which is exactly what Steve does. So he sent us uh, feedback, as he usually does, for both Lost and Manifest. So we're going to jump first to his message about Lost, and we'll play that for you now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. It's Steve. 
And uh, I only had a chance to watch this episode of Lost uh, once, but uh, I'm recording this because I want to watch Manifest again. Um, I really like this episode. This is uh, for Anne Found. And uh, but what a dick. The, the hotel owner is just a, a dick, the way he talks to, to Jen and, and then uh, about the, with the, the dad and his kid thing. Uh, love the Mr. Echo's line, they don't leave tracks. And uh, I noticed Sun, Sun wears a watch. On the island, and I think that's interesting. Um, just a couple quick mentions uh, to finish this up. We have a Jack's the worst moment here when he reveals that he lost his wedding ring and never told his wife. I think that's that's kind of a Jack's the worst move. And then uh, we get uh, again Jen fishing. We've seen this before, but uh, just really really cool. So uh, short one this week. Talk to you later. He agrees with me. He does, and I that, that made me laugh. Him, <laughs> we have a Jack, Jack's the worst moment. We do have a Jack's the worst moment. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made, Steve made me laugh too, and he's like the hotel owner. What a dick! Yeah, because he is. He really was. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, again, not a lot to say this episode, even from Steve. So, but you know, it is what it is. We're gonna have those episodes from time to time. So nothing yep. wrong with that. Uh, let's jump into his feedback for the episode of manifest and we'll play that now hello Kristen and ben this is steve and just had a couple thoughts on upgrade from manifest it, i did suspect that cal was starting to distrust zeke at the beginning i got i was fooled by that uh, to see not just realize that he was just worried about his visions coming true or uh, causing them to happen but um of course, we knew one at least one of these marriages was going to have to implode for this this show to proceed. And um, I'm afraid that Des or whoever it was that said last week that Grace may end up being sacrificed. I'm starting to to fear that now because they are making us like her again. They are getting her more involved. And the thing about the the twins that was interesting. And I'm sure we're going to see more of this Church of the Returned with Adrian and the and then the the major, of course, uh, realizing that Cal is is more important. So it's uh, it's getting good again. And um, I'm uh, I'm excited, but also I uh, I hate the fact that uh, we we don't know yet officially if we're getting a season two and how are they going to end this season in just a few more episodes. Talk to you later. Ah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad to see we're not the only ones concerned whether or not this is getting a season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we're kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I mean, the twins thing, maybe I need to go back and rewatch it because I do, men- I do remember it being mentioned as you brought it up too, but I don't remember a lot about it. So I, I might... This might be a time I need to go back and rewatch Manifest again. Just yeah, I mean, it was real short. It was with Olive when she made her little poster board of the two mythology calling signs. And maybe that's going to be kind of her calling and that and her um, her contribution to the cause is going to be kind of her knowledge um, and her know how around uh, mythology and how that works. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, and I think it's very interesting too. I I completely forgot about the whole 
aspect of Dez's prediction of Grace being a potential sacrifice. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm okay with it. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. So Yeah, I, I look, I really like Grace these past two episodes. That's worrisome. I well, hope we never see Danny again. Oh, God, no. I hope not to. Or his truck. <laughs> I hope she left it in a river. <laughs> oh, it's too bad that's not what they pulled out of the river at the that end of the episode. That would have been hilarious <laughs> if it was the truck. <laughs> if it was if it was Danny's truck. Because, you know, then it would have had a reason to be miraculously clean all the time. See, weren't they... I know. Weren't they... <laughs> Um, saying that it was an armored truck with $4 million in it. Cause that looked like an electrician's truck. It did look like an electrician's truck. I didn't pick up any kind of armor car vibe from that van. No, not at all. So did they just find the wrong truck? Oh, I like, don't know. Like they were looking for the armored truck and they found this one instead. Maybe. Maybe Could... he just, maybe he just fell in there. Maybe he fell in, you know, when when flight 828 disappeared and it's oh, been, you know, five and a half, five years and seven months for him. Do you know Do you know a fun note that I wanted to bring up? I was going to bring it up on a later podcast, but I'll bring it up now because it's just in passing. I've been watching some a lot of older movies lately, and I'm starting to realize that uh, Oceanic Airlines has it's basically a made up airline for mil for movies that's basically what it is it's been in oceanic has been in a number of movies but lost literally killed the oceanic airline franchise <laughs> because it has not shown up ever again since lost oh that's funny in anything that i've seen like it's that's it's so it has been an airline literally where terrorists have taken over airplanes i mean it's been some normal flights too but like the movie executive decision with kurt russell terrorists take over oceanic flight whatever but it look it took crashing on an island in lost to kill the oceanic airline which i just thought was a lot of fun or it's just become so iconic now that they're like, why are they using yeah. Oceanic anymore? Isn't and that, that the Lost and that plane? Could, and that could be it. It could be that just it became so synonymous with Lost that they they kind of just can't use it anymore. Yeah, Oceana. Or it's Oceanic. It's Oceanic. Oceanic. Yeah, Oceanic. Because there's a cruise line called Oceana. And my parents went on a cruise uh, last year for... I've their wedding what some wedding anniversary i don't know <laughs> i've actually i've been on an oceana cruise right so but when they went i was like oh, i think you should go on there oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i told you the story about my flight to colorado right mm -hmm. okay yeah. yeah the thanksgiving yeah, yeah. flight you moron you're gonna crash on land um yeah, so I think that's going to wrap it up pretty much for, for this episode of the podcast. Uh, as always, uh, we encourage you guys to leave us feedback for the episodes as we watch. Uh, and as always, we encourage you to check out the other podcasts on both the Next Level and Podcastica Networks, uh, nextlevelradioonline.com. And that website is going to be changing soon, uh, but we'll let you know when that happens. And, of course, podcastica.com is where you can find your podcast, House, of, uh, House Podcastica. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Panels to Pixels, which Steve does with us, is on next level. Um, I know uh, Walking Dead cast is going to be gearing up because Walking Dead starts this weekend. Coming yeah, this I weekend. think that Jason actually just um, recorded about it this week. I think he got one of the early copies. 
since okay. it was on uh, AMC. I don't know AMC, Premiere, AMC whatever Premier, it's called. Which I think it's their pay subscription now. Yeah. So and I really apparently I, they keep that under lock and key. Yeah, because I haven't seen anything come out of it, and but surprisingly, I haven't seen any spoilers online either. Which but is because I, the reason why they did it a week early is because probably nothing happens. That's what I'm thinking is that there really isn't much to spoil. It's going to be a real boring episode. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I do have to say, too, I really enjoyed le- the, Jason and Karen's last episode, too, talking about Zombieland. Yeah, they just did Zombieland. That's so fun. Which uh, I finally got to listen to over the course of this week. And that's mm-hmm. I, I love that movie so much. And that's I, good movie. I'm glad they got to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but next week. For our podcast, we're going to be talking about the next episode of Lost, obviously, which is Abandoned, which uh, Sawyer is in a lot of trouble this episode. He is not in good shape. No, poor guy. I know. Uh, But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of We Have to Go Back. Until next week, guys, we'll see you further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!